0: Log Talk Radio. Hi, this is uh, Jim with Sid. Welcome to the latest Outsports Podcast. March sixth, uh, no more rain in Los Angeles. So Did we survive the deluge?
1: Well, but I barely survived the ice and freezing cold in Dallas this week. It was it was brutal. I mean, I've never seen I've never seen a highway covered with literally an inch of ice. It was insane.
0: Well, Dallas had that, and that's, uh, they had hosted the Super Bowl a few years ago, where it was just so chaotic.
1: But yeah, it's it's was it was it was. A-
0: you know, the <laughs> advantages of living in Los
1: Angeles. I haven't had a shovel of snow in thirty years, so Well and we have our Flag Football League starting up on our gay flag football league starting up on Saturday and Jim and I will be I don't know at some point we'll probably end up playing against each other.
0: Oh that's right. Yeah, I'm refing and then I'm gonna play whenever I feel like it. Uh my <laughs> my knee sucks, but I can throw the ball, so don't worry about me scrambling
1: out of the pocket. That's the, well that's what that's what happens when you become the the um I don't know what word to use, but the the veteran old. of veterans that Jim is <laughs> I would just say old. You, you get to
0: play when you want. <laughs> yeah, that's kinda nice. It's like, you know, these younger guys that want to go I'm like, oh, okay, if you, you want to take this next ten series, go right ahead. I'll just put my backwards <laughs> baseball cap on and just stand and chat with everybody. <laughs>
1: But that's that's why to to officiating. You get
0: to throw flags at people, and you know, be the boss. So,
1: yeah, officiating is fun. I love it. That's why I've done. I switched to high school football officiating because it's just you get to you get to be in the game, but you don't have to get hit, and I don't have back problems when after the game. So, it's a great way to just kind of keep your hand in it.
0: Exactly. Well, today we're to talk about it's becoming a recurring theme coming out stories and they kind of never get old and um but we want to focus today on kind of what is the snowball effect if any we've had two very popular really good stories both written by the athletes which are always kind of the best stories it seems people re- resonate because it's written from the athlete's perspective and we edit these but it's in their voice first was a northern named varsity tennis player matt dooley who had a very harrowing yet ultimately affirming tale of his attempted suicide and how he came out to his team exactly two years after that just just really very very well done and I'll talk about that and then we had um, a swimmer from the University of Virginia Parker Camp who came out literally in the last two weeks to his teammates but more importantly his family unlike a lot of people whose families are kind of the ones they're least worried about for Parker. It was his mother he was the most worried about because he's very religious. Um, and we'll we'll talk about the reaction there. But but, but first off, you've dealt with uh, you dealt with Matt and I dealt with Parker mostly on these stories. So talk a bit about Matt's story at Notre Dame and what the reaction's been.
1: Well, Matt came to us from from Patrick Burke uh, the, at the You Can Play Project. He's been talking to Matt for a while and creating a You Can Play project at Notre Dame and and so he, he and and Patrick Burke has also dealt he's been very public about his his uh, dealing with um depression you know I, I i forgive me i don't know really what the terms are uh, i'm not very well educated on this but depression or a mental illness or you know i don't know what what the term is that he uses but maybe i should get, to get a little more clear with him on that um but he's you know he's talked to eloquently at length about it and and, and Matt Dooley dealt with the same thing, attempting suicide a couple of years ago, because it was easier for him he felt to kill himself than to come out to his family and his and his team. And so, so they, you know, they bonded. And, and then Patrick introduced Matt to me, and and uh, yeah, just uh, just last week. And so, you know, we went back and forth. And Matt wrote his piece about uh, about you know being at a very Christian school and. And you know, going to the lengths of essentially completely alienating himself from his family at one point to avoid telling them that he was gay, he didn't even go home for the holidays. And 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 they finally said, look, and he, and he didn't return phone calls from them for months. And they finally said, look, we're we're done with you. I you know, if you 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 obviously have made a choice in your life and. Not that not being gay, but the, the choice to alienate himself from his family and, and and eventually he came around, and of course they accepted him, and the coaches accepted him, and the team accepted him, and everybody accepted him and It's just a reminder that the toughest part about coming out is simply coming out,
0: yeah, I found that fascinating his family's part that I mean they literally had didn't hear from him or you know or sort of see him for yeah. months and didn't come over for Christmas, and you're kind of like. You know, usually that's those people you would turn to the most. And I can imagine being the parents just being, you know, just how you'd be racked with just worry constantly about what's going to happen to your son. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, that, that's part of the story that blew me away It was just how estranged he was. And it really shows you how you just get so sad for people going, you know, that to them this thing, being gay, is so they think terrible that they want to kill themselves. And
1: you just – you know, you just you want to cry. Well, it's uh, another athlete reached out to me today who attempted suicide recently, and 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 we'll have his story. I don't I don't know when that will be, but it's just it really is. I remember uh, struggling with with being gay and and myself and 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 struggling with Christianity and all that stuff, and thinking that I could never come out or never be gay. And but man. Suicide never crossed my mind. It never even entered into the conversation for me. And I just—I I feel so bad for people who who just don't don't see what we see, see the acceptance that virtually everyone gets when they come out from virtually everyone in their, in their life. And I think that's why we just keep telling these stories. Why? Well, hope people are going to get tired of them pretty soon.
0: Well, it seems they don't get tired of them, which is interesting. And I try to tell people that. You know, again we have nobody in the NFL, we may have Michael Sam, one guy in the NBA, nobody in baseball, nobody in hockey, nobody in the winter olympics who was a male, nobody in major college football, nobody in major college basketball. So there is still a lot of stories to be told, and that's why I think these things kind of resonate. I think if we had a couple dozen out in pro sports, maybe a, you know, a baseball player at a small school or a swimmer at a school wouldn't mean as much to people. But they do because it, it really shows you the power of of these stories. And so Matt's story gets someone to write to you about their story about suicide. And but Matt's had a you know a, a sort of what you would call a good ending now. I mean he's gotten a lot of positive attention, his coaches and everything. Um, about you know they they basically rallied around and supported him.
1: Well, the whole school and you had the you had various teams at Notre Dame tweeting their support for him and, and the school, the student welfare department and the and the athletic department and, and, and the local newspapers there, and it's been just a really... Uh, <laughs> I haven't talked to Matt in, in the last day or so, but it, it for the last time I talked to him it just seemed like it was overwhelmingly positive.
0: Well, it's kind of like the old joke, the idea that, gee, you'd like to sort of fake die and then see what they say about your, your funeral. Gee, actually people did like me. You know, like... And that yeah. Matt probably took something like this to realize that, you know, how valued he was and how people cared about him and don't want him to go through that. And so these these stories just have such great power because of they tell a universal truth to people. And that's why I think people react to them. There's always a few naysayers. Oh, you know, I'm getting – people. I hate when people say I'm getting sick of these stories. Well, it's the Internet. You don't have to read it. You know, yes. It's not the daily newspaper where the editors decide what stories to put on there, and if they just fill a section with one type of story, you get mad. This is the Internet. You don't like the link. Just don't click on it. So if you don't want to read coming-out stories, don't – why do they then go on the coming-out story and complain about the coming-out story?
1: <laughs> <So>.
0: But if, <laughs> well, this Nobody's happens really not said... on outsport as much on other – you know, people just like the bitch, but
1: they're universally yeah, there's popular. Some the... on, on gay bros on Reddit, some people have said, I'm I'm tired of reading these, and – and it's like I just when people don't say read. that to me, particularly people in the media, I always say, you know, I'll get tired of it when I don't hear any more stories about kids trying to kill themselves. Then I will be tired of it. But until then, you're just going to have to suck it up because you have got to keep hearing about it.
0: Well, I and mean, we've I've talked to people about this. I was on some radio show the other day, and uh, uh, or was during the whole Michael Sam thing, and it was talked about. Well, why? Why should you know? I'm why do we care about this is that we care about this because it's news and I said you know the day that the day a gay can mentioned he's getting married to his boyfriend and it's not the lead story everywhere is that they also sort of stop thinking it's a big deal
1: yeah.
0: and I think people sometimes that's at least with a lot of straight people that's what I call the new homophobia you can't come out and say it so you trying to basically poo poo why do these people have to throw it in my face I'm sick of hearing about it that's to me the way the, the old the old days, they would have simply flat out been homophobic. But
1: um, by the way, we have to remember we keep forgetting to, to plug the guest call in number. People can call into the show and 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 uh, we'll, and we, we'll, we'll actually pick People up. People are listening. Maybe what's that? People what? are listening. Maybe <laughs> well, they are listening. Uh, the number is three four seven nine four five seven eight three four again three four seven nine four five seven eight three four. You can call in and talk to Jim. and Me, we're talking about gay athletes coming out, and Jim, you had um, uh, a story that you worked with an athlete, Parker Camp, University of Virginia swimmer, and and again, the reaction has been uh, <laughs> pretty overwhelming. How, how did well, Parker come to you? Because that happened real fast.
0: Yeah, a good part of it, we never know why why people write, you know, they could write to Sid, they could write to Jim, they could write to OutSport. Sometimes they write to both of us, sometimes they write to one of us. It's sort of like, you know, roll of the dice, why they write to one person over the other. But uh, Parker wrote uh, in reaction to a story, actually you wrote about, the Texas swimmer who came out to his team by email and how nervous he was about it. And Parker said, I have a different story to tell because I basically had no issue with my team and could care less if they all know and, you know, let them gossip about it and some know, whatever. His issue was with his family. So I said, well, give me a little background. So he said, well, here's a here's my coming out letter to my mother I wrote. And as soon as I read that, I said, well, there's the story. Right. <laughs> and it was a really wonderful, very sensitive, but funny letter to his mother. Parker has two brothers, a sister uh, and dad and mom. He had come out to the brothers, sisters and dad on the phone and it all just went wonderfully. I mean, his dad had a great quote saying, Basically, I think I think the gays, as they said, should allow to get married so they can be as miserable as the rest of us. I mean, you know, so his dad was totally <laughs> cool, um, but his mother is very, very religious, and so Parker was not sure how she would he would take she would take it, so he did not call her he just couldn't he called her, she talked he couldn't say the words, and so he hung up and decided to send her an email and it was just really a wonderful email from a son to a mother and basically he concluded by saying, Give me a call when once you've regained consciousness and then PS can you deposit my rent check. So I left that part because I thought it was just brilliant, <laughs> you know, even when he's coming out with his mom, he has yeah. more practical things like his rent check to deal with. But it was just a great <clears throat> and so I said, Well can you write up you know, I'm gonna lead with that and then write up about the reaction. So he just wrote a really very good story about coming out at the University of Virginia and his mother was wonderful about it. I mean, her religion still gets in the way a bit. And it's the old, well, I'm not sure I accept homosexuality, but I love you, which to me is the transition phase. A parent may initially have some, you know, verbalized reluctance, but she's been nothing but supportive of Parker. And so that's why he wanted to share the story. And he got it yeah. because he saw this other swimmer write about it. And so his reaction with his team was, he's so blase at one point he said somebody said to him oh the whole women's team knows and he goes oh good that'll save me trouble telling everybody because they'll gossip and the whole school will know within a day so he had no he had no concerns about his teammates and he said i've not told everybody because i don't feel i have to hold a public announcement i've told people i care about and they want to tell people but it was his family that was the thing that most worried him and they've all been just extremely you know wonderful about it and his brother, um, who's older than him, wrote a really nice uh, – he sent him a text uh, that he let us use. He said, we are the definition of a modern family, the grandparents who spend a lifetime together, divorced parents that are polar opposites, the gay kid, the hardcore hipster girl, the everyday church goer, and whatever I am, and I wouldn't trade it for any other family in the world. And to me, that's sort of the perfect sentiment of <laughs> sort of modern America. And then his brother went on Parker's Facebook page and said, "Well, now that Parker's off the market for you women, if you want somebody taller," and then he listed his phone number on on, his, on the Facebook page for any single women to call him. Yeah. So, it's that kind of reaction that you know made that story a lot of, you know, very affirming and everything. But again, it's the fact that it people it resonates with people because yeah. his story's universal.
1: Well, Jim, we have a phone. We have a, we have a caller. Should we take it? I don't know. It doesn't uh, say on the thing who who it is, or it just says where they're, or the number they're calling from.
0: Great, let them in.
1: I <laughs> or her. All right. Well, this is going to be our first caller. All right. Hi, you're on the air.
2: Hello. It's that her. Um. I. You know. This where are you calling kind of from, just, by the way? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm calling from St. Louis, Missouri. Hi there. Um
1: and what's your I, name?
2: You know. My name is Renee.
1: Oh, okay, hi Renee.
2: Hello. Um I just saw the um title for today for your show and I wanted to speak on it. And you know, I'm not you guys may not necessarily like what I have to say. Um but I am not a supporter of the whole coming out thing. Um, I, you know, I am one that that's not for uh, gay marriage, but my feeling is about the sports industry. Um, I think there's some complexities there, but particularly Michael Sam, I feel like for him it was a strategic move. It was more so to ensure a few things, to ensure that he would get picked up by a good team, to ensure that he would get, you know, a good salary, um, and to ensure that he he already gets that out there for people. And one of the main things I saw is that a a bunch of, you know, top-level companies had approached him already to, uh, you know, sell their products. And that was just astonishing to me because I'm like, why is it not about the sport? And why isn't it that he couldn't just go and play football? And then if they see him out or something and he has his, his friend with him or partner with him, and it just be like that. I didn't, I didn't understand why there needed to be a big, huge, you know, coming out. And maybe because I'm not, you know, homosexual, I can't understand that. But that's something in general I I find it hard to understand why gay people need to come out, um, and especially on – well, I can understand telling your parents, but on a, on a wide scale like that, I mean, I just I, – I don't know. I just don't get that, and I think it's personal. You know, leave that as your business. You know, we don't need to know everything going on, just like a lot of guys who, who have girlfriends or what have you. They don't have to come out and tell us about their relationship, we'll end up finding out about it in the media. So it, to me it was just a, a big ploy, and I think like with Jason Collins and um, there's another guy I'm thinking about that played football. Um,
1: Can we jump in here, he, Renee?
2: Yeah, thought, go ahead. Go <laughs> <No problem>. ahead. <laughs>
1: Well, I th- you know, we can't speak for for Michael Sam, but but what I can say is, is is the reason that a lot of athletes do come out publicly is because of the very stories that that we've been writing about recently, kids killing themselves, and 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 I understand and appreciate that you might not support marriage and and that you know you might have issues with 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 with, with gay issues, but what I imagine we could probably agree on is we don't want kids killing themselves. Can we agree on that? No. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, so so for me, and I think from from Michael, um, I mean, and for a lot of athletes, they do this because they're, they're we just don't have any role models for these kids, and these kids feel really really alone, and yeah. and and it's important for for these athletes to to if they're strong enough to be out in public. To, to kind of, you know, be seen and, and be able to be that role model so that these kids don't feel so alone. So I and, 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 and of course ultimately the Fortune 500 companies come, to, you know, ever a pro athlete will come along mm-hmm. with that. But I don't think that's why Michael came out. I think he came out because he just wants to be able to be himself out in public and he wants to help these kids. Jim, what's what, what's you know, what's
0: what you, you well? I think what I'd say, Renee, is I think Renee, because there are no openly there are gay players in the NFL. There's nobody openly gay. That it mm-hmm. is such a big story that if he simply said, you know, and and you know, a, by the way, I you know, I'm gay. It would be such a huge story that it would be a distraction if he came out during the season because it would be pay, you know front page news. And so, Michael didn't want it to be a distraction you want everybody to know because i mean you're straight but you never had to come out i mean you simply you know you never had a coming out story straight people never have to do that so you're right that some guys don't mention their girlfriends but a lot of them do mention their girlfriends or their wives and we all just accept it and don't make a big deal but it's still so unusual for anybody openly gay to be playing in pro sports that it's a new story, and Michael didn't want a team to be blindsided or the fans to be blindsided. He wanted to say, "Here's who I am," and hopefully, once he says it, once the story gets out of you know, gets out of the way. And mm-hmm. I would hope. Are you a fan of any of the? Are you a fan of the Rams or?
2: No, uh, not too much. Um, I'm actually a fan of the Chiefs because I grew up in Kansas City more than at St. Louis, so I support the Rams a bit, but um, I'm more of a Chiefs fan.
0: So if the Chiefs drafted Michael Sam, would you? Would that bother you in any way?
2: Um, no, it wouldn't bother me in the, at all. Um, it's about his playing ability. But, see, the thing is with him, you know, the draft and all that, I feel like it was a push because if a team, okay, if he's expected to get drafted at a certain round or level and he doesn't get that, then people can begin to talk and speculate that certain teams didn't pick him up because he's homosexual. And I felt like nowadays, you know, there's a heavy, heavy price to pay if you speak out against homosexuality in, in the media or in the entertainment field. And so I believe that him doing that was strategic because then if a good team, a solid team that was, you know, on the expected to pick him up, did not pick him up, there would be, you know, some hoopla behind that. And, you know, for instance, like Glad or, or something like that would say, oh, well, these teams passed him over because he's gay. And so then those teams would have to respond to that, you know. So I think there, there was some strategy involved.
1: Well, I I don't think that anybody is going to point to a particular team and say that team didn't pick him because he was gay. I think the NFL draft is a complicated thing, and and you never know mm-hmm. when somebody's going to go. And and you know you know I for him as, doing this as a strategic move to get drafted. You know before he did this, he was projected uh, by CBS Sports as the 90th best player in the draft. He was. Virtually guaranteed to be drafted Mm anywhere from that's about the third or fourth round is what people seem to have have said. So so I don't think that I don't think he did this so that he would be guaranteed to get drafted. Anything people think that he by doing this that he uh, reduced his draft stock. I don't think either of those things is true. Um, but I can tell you that that the people that I know in the gay community and GLAD and Glisten and and us at Outsports, we're not going to point to any team and say you didn't draft him because he's gay. We're just going to be happy with whatever team he ends up on.
2: Well, I and, can see, I can respect that.
1: Yeah, and,
0: and Renee, your point about it—I mean, it's a valid point—and I think you represent the views of a lot, you know a lot of people on this. But I do think the fact that there are no openly gay NFL players shows you that they must feel it's not an advantage to do what Michael's mm-hmm. doing. Because I think mm-hmm. if it was an advantage, you might have some guy who might be getting cut say, "Hey, I'm gay," and then therefore, you know, if they cut him, he could blame it on homophobia. So it's still right. in, it still is such a difficult thing because it's such a personal choice. People have to tell their family, especially, is what what worries them. You know, their mom, their dad. And so people come to this decision, they don't come to it lightly. They don't simply wake up one day and say, I'm going to say it. In Michael's case, Mm -hmm. it was strategic. He didn't want to do it during training camp when all of a sudden maybe his teammates would say, oh, you're doing this now to get attention and so we can't cut you. By doing it in February, Michael goes through the combine, he goes through his pro day, he goes through the draft, and by the time he hits training camp, He'll hopefully be treated like just one of the guys, and'll we'll, yeah. he'll and we want him Sid and I want him to rise or fall in his marriage. we don't want him to be picked because he's gay we don't want him to get a, a mm-hmm. job because he's gay we want him to get a job because he's a good football player, and exactly. I think ultimately that's that's when we'll get to that point in society where people can come out as gay and it's not and we're not talking about it, and you're not talking about it it's simply like someone saying there you know, episcopalian or methodist or whatever, you know, they can say that and nobody cares. So I think we're not at that point yet, which is why it is such a big deal.
2: Yeah. I mean, I get that and I you know, I'm not homophobic or anything like that, but I'm just I'm more of a traditionalist um type of person. And so, you know, while I understand that I I agree with much of what you what you two said, Um, but with him coming out and kind of being like the first one, like you said, uh, openly gay, um, yes, nobody else really did that, but nowadays it's going to be a smoother ride for him. You know what I mean? If this had been like even 10 years ago, I mean, it would have been huge, huge, huge. But now even 10 10 years ago it would have been like that, but now – you know, there's going to be a bit more of a smoother ride for him to even come out. So, you know, I get what you guys are saying, um, but yeah, that was just kind of my view.
1: Well, Renee, I mean, we appreciate your calling, and and uh, mm-hmm. and, and you know, it's not always easy to call in and to disagree with. You're absolutely right. There is there it is not always easy to share the. "Quote unquote non-pro gay perspective," and we certainly understand right. that you're not homophobic, and and you'd cheer for Michael Sam if he's the chief, and and you'll oh, hate yeah. him if he's a Raider. That's
2: right. <laughs> and Renee, I'm a, Bronco, a Broncos really?
0: fan. I'm a Broncos fan, so I root against the Chiefs twice a year. So
2: okay, yeah.
1: If he was a Bronco, I'd really be like, oh no. But yeah, uh, <laughs> any, any the things <laughs> it's okay. That's oh, right. all well, Thanks, thanks
2: for calling. Yeah, my problem.
1: Well that was Renee from St. Louis. Our very first caller. I like that was a good first caller. Yeah,
0: she yeah. I mean I you know, I I respect it. I mean, I obviously will disagree with her a lot and she would disagree with us, but I think she does I think she speaks for a lot of people that we don't hear about and, you know, who now feel they're they're in some ways marginalized for having certain views. But uh you know, the fact of the matter is we'll we'll see where Michael goes and that brings up uh, in our last couple of minutes, it was something we were going to talk about related to Michael Sam, when that was a report you and you were at a conference. It was a report on how fans uh, talk talk about the report. <laughs>
1: Eventually, uh, Emory University looked at Twitter and, and how positive or negative fans reacted to Michael Sam's coming out story, and, and, and essentially they wanted to figure out where, were the, where did the most positive reactions come and where did the most negative reactions come. And, and interestingly, they, the, the two of the top ten markets that were the most positive were around Missouri. St. Louis was the, the second. So all the tweets in the days after he came out, of all the tweets in St. Louis that talked about Michael Sam, they were the second most positive in the whole country, and Kansas City was the sixth most positive, which was interesting. New York was number one. Chicago, San Francisco, and Boston were also in the top five. Uh, and then, and then the worst was Nashville, 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 Oakland, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, San Diego, Jacksonville, and Cleveland. And it doesn't mean that those were that they were all negative. It just means they were more negative than the other cities.
0: I found it the the other things are always interesting and you, you don't know how they quantify it. But the idea that San Francisco would be the fourth most positive and Oakland the second most negative just seems strange because it's the same Bay Area and you have fans living in various you know, all all up in the Bay Area who can be fans of both teams. So I found that a little bit strange why Oakland how they would even sign you know, um single out Oakland. Is it by IP address? Is it
1: by identifying as Raider fans or?
0: Do you have any well, idea no, how they get
1: it, that? It's, it's geographic. it's geographic. It's not by by it's Geographic, and and these guys are some of the best in the business at, at doing this. They do it all the time with all kinds of different things, parsing data from from Facebook and Twitter and and all that kind of stuff. So, so you know, I mean, it's they're 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 the best at this, and if, if they say the most negative. I just negative find Oakland
0: for- strange that that there could be that much of a difference across the bay with reactions
1: <clears throat> to a, a gay player. I would imagine Raider well, fans. <laughs> Judy Batista from the NFL Network wrote to me this morning and she said, I'm shocked by the, by the, that Oakland is so negative. And I said, well, my guess is if you, if you, if you gauged Oakland reaction to anything, it would be negative <laughs> negative. If Santa Claus is coming to to the stadium to hand out gifts at the game. It would be a negative reaction. So that was, that was my only thought on that. I don't know why.
0: Yeah, but the, but Philadelphia fans ranked high. So that goes against that uh, trope. But, uh, those kind of, those kind of uh, things are always interesting, and we'll see what team Michael does get picked up on. Maybe the Titans will pick him, and he'll be a huge fan favorite in Tennessee until more jerseys than uh, Jason Collins. Well, we will talk to you next week all about that.